let's see. So, uh, two years of reanimated. That's 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 basically what we're what we're chatting about. Is that what we're talking about? I think so. I thought we were talking <laughs> about your new kick-ass logo. Oh, we could talk about my new kick-ass logo. Very. Uh... We should because it kicks ass. Thank you. <laughs> I've been waiting a long time for this. All talk, no shock. Live from the Emerald City of Seattle, it's the Mike Cyber Radio Podcast. Your home for pop culture, Transformers, independent artists, interviews, Transformers, and stuff, and things. Also sometimes Transformers. And now, here he is, Transformer Party Presidential Nominee, Mike Seibert. Hey, welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host, and this week we are celebrating two years of one of uh, my favorite projects that I've had the opportunity to participate in. We're obviously talking Transformers this month. Well, actually, we've talked Transformers often, but but especially this month, uh, you know, kind of gearing up for the 35th anniversary of Transformers the movie. Um, I uh, we're, we're talking about the two-year anniversary of the uh, popular fan fiction project Transformers Reanimated and joining me uh, via Skype are the brain trust, the the masterminds behind Transformers Reanimated. We got uh, Greg from the Unfunny Nerd Tangent. How you doing? I'm good, Mike. Thanks for having us back on. It should be, uh, yeah, two years. It's going to be fun to, yeah. Have a look back, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. And also joining us is uh, the the other half, Greg's better half of uh, of Transformers uh, <laughs> Reanimated. It's uh, the indelible Yoshi from uh, Transmissions. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, Mike. Thanks for having us on. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I can't wait to talk. <laughs> I, I'll bet. <laughs> Good. All right. Well, you know, so we we were. Uh, I I mean, gosh, gentlemen, where where do we start? Two years. Uh, I I guess question the first is: Did either of you think that two years later we would we would still be here talking about Transformers Reanimated? Uh well, well, I did. <laughs> I mean, I thought, I know I did only because of the the volume of scripts that we sort of have sitting there. So it was, I guess it was only going to be a logistics thing or whether people weren't interested anymore or whether it was, you know, like time and effort and money and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, as far as, uh, you know, what oh, do you think you can keep going for another three issues? It's like, yeah, we got, we got <laughs> plenty, you know, it's like. Like we're hitting, like we're releasing issues now that we sort of have had ready for like eight or nine months. They've just been sitting there. Uh, and so, I mean, and Yoshi and I, when we edit our latest stuff, it's like, it's going to be like the latest script that we sort of signed off on and went, yeah, that's cool. All right. It's done. Leave it. Uh, that's probably not going to be released for like 18 months or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> because it's just, wow. it's just in the backlog of scripts that, that are ready to go. And then it's just all the other stuff that has to happen to, uh, to finish it off, you know, like a cover image and just mm-hmm. website posts and, you know, she does trailers and all that kind of stuff. So, 
Yeah. yeah. But as far as content, like if you're a fan of Reanimated, it's not going anywhere. So, yeah. Wow. And if you hate it, sorry, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, gentlemen, I, I got to say, I, I am consistently and constantly impressed by the ambition of this project and how it continues to expand and grow and 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 just get um you know increasingly more elaborate always adding new spokes to the wheel but i i think i got a little ahead of myself kind of jumping in saying like hey man well two years later do you think we were still talking about this um yoshi i'd like to start with you uh since um since every podcast is somebody's first podcast uh would you you be able to explain to folks that might be stumbling upon this out of nowhere and have no idea what Transformers Reanimated is, could you explain uh, what Transformers Reanimated is and if maybe between you and Greg kind of give like an abridged version of the the origin of, uh, of the project? Sure. I can do that. That's why I get paid the big bucks. Um so Transformers Reanimated is a fan comic book that is trying to fill in the gap between uh, season two of the original G1 80s cartoon and the 1986 movie. There is a huge gap of time that's just not touched on in the cartoons. And Greg and I are just filling that gap. The, the episodes we would have wanted to see are written down in comic book form and, uh, uh, we try really, really hard for each issue to get legitimate comic book artists to do our covers. And it's it's just been a fun project that's kept going. It really honestly, Mike, uh, and you know this better than we do, it really didn't pick up and catch fire until we got you on the voice of Bumblebee. Ever since <laughs> then, it's just been a nonstop freight train. We can't stop it. And you, oh you, you've brought a level of, of legitimacy to not only us, but to the Bumblebee character, that I don't constantly think about killing him every issue. Now. <laughs> right. Well, well, let's not forget my. I do. Um, I do. <laughs> well, I was gonna say let's not forget about my <laughs> iconic turn as other Bumblebee in yeah. an issue where literally you guys kill off Bumblebee by by the scores by the hundreds and i i think the genesis of that issue was directly to <laughs> give me something to do voice wise that was a that that was a, that was a ton of fun but yeah i mean i i guess reflecting now so um we we talked the three of us uh shortly after transformers reanimated got off the ground you know it it started as a uh rejected comic book pitch to idw publishing um we we got more uh deeper into that story uh two years ago we don't necessarily need to to rehash it now but it's it's grown from something that I think many folks, even amongst our uh, peer group, our, our group of friends, really thought was just going to be something that would you know, just be something for fun. Like, you know, uh, this is where we think the story should go. We're not exactly happy with the direction that the current comics are going. And, you know, as that old phrase goes you know if you you want something better you know do it yourself but i don't 
I don't know if folks on my side, for example, knew that beyond that original origin point that it was going to take on a life of its own. You know, we, we, we talked about the uh, script readings and, and, and the voice acting, and, and that's kind of taken on a life of its own, and those those parts have taken on a life of their own. I think even beyond what we talked about two years ago, which was really just the script, the original art, and kind of the story behind it. So what what I thought we would do is just kind of talk about how things have grown over the last two years. And then by extension of that kind of, you know, you mentioned it earlier, Greg, what, uh, you know, apparently this, this is a project that has no end. You guys are like 18 months ahead. It's, uh, it's, it's crazy, but, um, yeah, I, I guess let's just kind of talk about where things went in like, say the beginning of year one into year two kind of kind of talk about the the exponential growth uh uh, greg let's start with you yeah it's sort of i mean like you said we started it and just went well you know we think this was still a cool idea and we thought well let's at least put especially since um like casey collar his artwork that he did for us for for what uh could have been like issue one with with megatron and optimus prime sort of out the front of the white house with reagan in the background you know all that kind of stuff so like pure 80s nostalgia like from the get-go like because he had done such a good job as well we were like ah we want to show this to people you know so we did you know yoshi set up the website and we put it on and i mean it crashed the website on the first day because it was of the amount of people that were were like what do you call it clicking on it or hitting it or whatever yeah yeah all Um, the all the web hits yeah, and the downloads and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. I was like, whoa, shit, okay, so people want this. And then that's where we sort of put that out there into Twitter and wherever else, like, hey, do you want more? Because we we sort of have a few more, but if, you know, because we, we, we sort of went prepared to be like, well, this is what issue one would be, but by the way, this is what issue two, three, and four could be as well. And so they were sort of mostly done. But then once, once we sort of went, all right, well, let's, release issue two and we got a cover done for that and dropped that people thought oh okay so is this going to be an ongoing thing and it was like well if you want it to be like we can make it an ongoing thing and then it just sort of went from there and and i mean other podcasters and stuff like yourself and the guys from apdc i mean you know sort of jumped on and and then yeah then we had artists that were still keen to work with us like yoshi said like um you know legit comic book artists like Livio Ramondelli and like I said, uh, Casey Collier and those Mm -hmm. sorts of people were like, yeah, let's, that sounds cool. What do you need from us? Well, we were thinking this, okay. Like it's, you know, super easy to work with and stuff. And then, yeah, it's just sort of gone from there. So then, then we did sort of have a sit down and go, all right, well, let's really start to map this out a bit. And, And then we've sort of just been, yeah, it's just been one thing after another really, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So that's that's awesome and you guys have have cultivated your own uh little community and fan base 
within the fandom, you know, that 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 includes uh, folks like me and the and the guys from Autopod Decepticast, but it also includes, you know, a uh, uh, really cool fans out there like uh, like Johnny Utah. I mean, like like that dude is probably yeah. the biggest <laughs> cheerleader out there. I mean, he's constantly resharing your posts and really seems to be, you know, super into the project. So, so Yoshi, what, what, um, what does that mean for you to have this, uh, this project resonate with fans with that, that are folks that aren't for, well, for lack of better term, that aren't like other podcasters, you know, that, that are just like fans, regular people. It's, it's a humbling validation that, that, what we're doing is is good, I guess. Um, it, you know, you you mentioned a couple people and our little our little group that gets together for recordings, and but Greg and I get to see all the comments each month when we drop either a podcast or a comic book, saying, "Whoa, this is a th- oh man, I can go back and read all of these for free." Like, you know, it's every time we do a drop somebody is somebody new is discovering it and like that's just that's i i say this a lot and it's corny as hell but it's like for me anyways it's the mana that keeps me going it's the it's like okay this was worth all the blood sweat and tears greg poured into it because one person said hey great job and i can download the rest <laughs> somebody um, knows who's a, who somebody knows who a story is besides me yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like I, I don't recall a single negative comment. And that to me is also a huge validation. Like it's, it's, if this were a bad idea and, and we should drop it, you know, the keyboard warriors out there would let us know with, with, with no hesitation. We just, we live in that world where, where Twitter can be your worst enemy at times. Oh, yeah. But you know, we're not, we're not hearing that knock on wood. And I, you know, it's just, it's, it, it keeps us going. It keeps me going anyways. That's like mm-hmm. the biggest thing. It's just new people discovering it, old people still like promoting it or resharing it or what have you and mentioning it. It's, it's, it's huge. It's huge. Cause I also know that, you know, just because I may hear, you know, a positive feedback with one post, that person most likely is still following us, even though we'll never hear from them again, which I, I mean, I get, I've done the same thing to countless projects myself. But uh, since I just like to ramble, uh, it, it it fuels us to keep going. That's mm-hmm. that's what it is, Mike. Gotcha. How about you, Greg? Yeah, I, I agree. Like it's it's the fact, especially to, in today's world where every little thing, like there'll be. I mean, you only have to. I mean, I know you're sort of what's the word? Like in the weeds with all the Kevin Smith stuff, uh, Mike. And yeah. I mean, you only have to look at the. The shit storm that's happening now with with his Masters of the Universe uh, Netflix show that's back and forth. And I mean, not to be honest, I don't know what to think on that. There's there's I hate to be like these people where it's like, oh, well, both sides have got a point. But like at the moment, it's not it doesn't seem real clear cut. But the whole thing with like every every like studio photo of the next marvel movie or the next concept art for what could have been like a new fast and the furious or or like whatever it is (laughs) the minute it comes out there's a thousand comments on it and 
you know, half of them are like, I love it, can't wait. And half of them are like, this is going to suck, looks like shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, the fact that we haven't had any of that sort of like, what the fuck? Like, why are you doing this for? Like, why would that happen? That's dumb. Like, what is, you know, what's Carly doing you know, hanging off a cliff with cliff jumper, like the, <laughs> you know, like the movie cliffhanger, like what's that about? Right. Why would that be a, co- a cover? You know, like it's like, well, there's no sort of like, why is jazz dancing next to snarl? Like, why is that a cover? What's that's dumb. I don't, I don't get it. Um, there's none of that. If there is a comment, it's usually like, wow, I didn't even know this was a thing or like, where can I find more of it? Or why isn't this being made? Like I would love this as a regular comic. It's that sort of stuff. So um, I think, for me personally, seeing the amount of like vitriol and stuff that gets thrown out at creators like every day online and stuff like that, and the fact that we sort of haven't copped in like a huge amount of just like you said, keyboard warriors just yeah. being like, Oh, you guys suck, just just for no reason, you know? Like it's if people genuinely read one of our issues and thought it sucked, it's like that's cool. No worries. But there's not even that like shitting on it for the sake of shitting on it like we're not even getting that reaction so that's that's a big deal for me like yoshi said the fact that it's sort of a validation of like well people sort of want this so and no one else is doing it so we're doing it and you know yeah it's um it it sort of proved our point almost right well and and it's interesting we were talking about keyboard warriors and we know that fandoms can be notoriously harsh and we know transformers fandom especially can be especially shitty um you know <laughs> especially like with regards to toy reveals and and even into the comic books so yeah i think it's it, it's it's nice it's refreshing that you know that 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 folks have you know there there's this outpouring of positivity uh for transformers reanimated and i i think for for me at least i i think that happens for a couple reasons one this is a time period that fans are very interested and eager to explore i mean there's that 20 year span between the end of season 2 and the movie but i also think that over the the last several years, including the two years that that reanimated has been on the scene, is that there's been a growing acceptance of fan fiction, uh, especially in uh, the Transformer space. Like you know, there's I, I I'm sure you guys have connected with just as many creators as I have that you know are doing like you know zines and fan art and and all kinds of stuff and it just seems like that um in the in the last couple of years there's been a proliferation of that and so I I was wondering with that how do you guys feel about kind of like the this uh I, I guess for lack of a better term like like the state of fan fiction and where reanimated fits into that like is is this different is it the same uh what do you guys think uh, personally i think i think reanimated is i mean i like uh i may have no uh what's the word like no um right to say this because i clearly i'm involved in it you know but um i i, I think it stands on its own as uh, uh, as far as 
like quote unquote fan fiction goes because I mean a lot of fan fiction is clearly it's prose for a mm-hmm. start sure uh, you know like a novel style kind of thing uh, whereas ours is is more of like your comic book script slash cartoon screenplay almost you know um, so it's a little bit different from that respect and it's not trying to like reinvent the wheel you know what I mean it's not like some slash fiction or like what would happen if Ultra Magnus got married to Megatron you know like it's none of that sort of, <laughs> sure sure um, shipping and all that which uh, it doesn't bother me if people want to do that that's fine but um, you know you sort of skirt the line a little bit there too because a lot of that does sort of tend to become drivel like real quick um, whereas that's where I think that this the whole concept of it where Yoshi was like they should be episodes of the show so sometimes you've got to do something it's like ah, would they do that on the show uh, yeah probably not so we change it or we alter it um, it, you know that sort of keeps us in the right frame of mind as far as like staying on target I think and so it does sort of it does that's why people say like yeah this definitely could be like an episode of the G1 show it's like well I think that's because we have that sort of um, parameter mm-hmm. already whereas with most fan fiction and that in, you can do whatever you like because it's you know you create whatever you want you, you can have Optimus Prime you know travel back in time to with doc brown if you want you know but like it's it's fine that's you do whatever but whereas and that's cool but having said that um it takes you off on different tangents and stuff like that and then people can sort of be like oh that's not where i thought it was going whereas ours is like no we know where we're going we're going to the movie so but it's how you get there and what else happened that you didn't know about so that's where we're sort of able to sort of go on our own tangents and be like, oh, yeah, well, what about this guy? He was never in the show. Let's let's do a, you know, two-part story with that character or something like that. So, but yeah, I think the general fan fiction sort of community is massive, obviously. But I do think that our our project kind of, I don't mean stands above any, it's not, it's not any better than anyone else's, but right, I just think right. it is a little bit different because of those parameters that it's, it's a defined thing as opposed to like, yeah, we'll just, it's just like some random story that can go anywhere. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I get what you're saying there. Um, so Yoshi, let me ask you this with, uh, with, with, it feels to me that the, the mission statement of Transformers reanimated is to fill those gaps, but there are just as many stories that aren't just uh well where did rc come from where did the uh where did the secons come from you know you know th- those kinds of folks there there's there's unanswered questions but then there's stories that are just well quite frankly just just uh episodes of the show that are just like a uh, a lark like where you know bumblebee carly and spike go to the mall for example you know things like that um i guess i i um how how do you guys differentiate those what kinds of stories you're going to tell cuz i i would think that the temptation would be to have every issue be some kind of unanswered questions how uh, how do you guys uh find that balance you know again it's it's using the the, sh- the original show as a guide 
I mean, I, I I know I do, and I'm pretty sure Greg does. We're we we throw in episodes of the G1 cartoon regularly, and and we've got it either playing in the background or we're watching it with our kid or something, just to just to keep character personalities fresh and ideas fresh. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I Greg and I knew right off the bat that if we just went from like, all right, let's answer all these questions, we'd be at the movie sooner rather than later, uh, and that's not how the cartoon handled stuff the cartoon never was just like boom 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 boom, and now we got to put out a movie because that's what's expected the cartoon had random episodes and 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 so did the the comic book for that matter Mm -hmm. the marvel uh comic so we knew we had to we had to pepper uh everything with with random one-off cool little stories that our minds can come up with and I mean, that's that was part of the show. That was part of, uh, uh, and that's part of the comic. But I, you know, I it's, the one-off episode, the one-off episodes and issues as well. If you look back at them, they they're not just one-offs. If the, you know what I mean, like yeah, so, yeah. if you go back through the twenty-four issues that are there now, you'll see things building in the background, and you'll see character interaction and stuff like that. But it's not. It's just not front and center, as in like this is a six-part story, and only two things are going to happen in issue two. You know what I mean? Like it's it, you got to read the rest of it. It's like there's there's stuff going on. You know, like there's there's especially with um like char- like character de- character development and mm-hmm. like we bring back a character in issue uh like well like the we brought in the um the battle charges right yeah so run amok and runabout we brought them in in issue nine in the in the outback origin so like yeah it's an it's an outback origin but we also introduced runabout and run amok and then like they're in the series sort of uh going forward because what you find then is then in issue 15 when red alert is sort of trapped in the arc on his own with a whole kind of spin on um, Home Alone, basically, like Paranoid <laughs> Red Alert is the best Red Alert. Yes. Uh, but who's trapped in there with him? Well, it's Run About and Run Amok because they were captured by Prowl in issue nine. Mm-hmm. So, and they've been in the arc's holding cells that whole time. You know what I mean? So then, yeah. spoilers, when they, are, when they get out, they're essentially rescued by Soundwave who takes them back to Megatron, and now they're Decepticons. And now they're in in the rank and file with the rest of them, like Astro Train and Thunderwing, uh, Thunderwing Thundercracker. Right. Um, and, and stuff like that. And so that then when you see them in Season 3, it's like, well, that's why, because they've been around, you know? It's that kind of thing. So, yeah, they're one-offs, but if you look closer, there there's a lot of stuff going on in the background and things like that as well. So which we tried to do rather than sort of be like, okay, here's a four-part thing that explains where RC came from and here's where, you know, where's Blur, Who, who's he, you know? Yeah. That sort of stuff. Like, yeah, there are those issues. Like, there is an issue with uh, nine, issue 19, for instance, is the RC um, origin, mm-hmm. but that then builds towards another issue and, and so forth and things like that. And that reminds everybody that all the female Autobots are still on Cybertron. So what happened to them, you know, and then going forward, they have more adventures with other characters and things like that. So we were sort of reintroducing these characters. Like we basically used that issue as an origin story for RC, but also a way to reintroduce um, 
the fact that the female Autobots are still on Cybertron, like battling Shockwave. Yeah. So, and we know they're not in the movie, and we know they're not in season three. So, what happened to them? Where are they? Well, mm-hmm. first you got to reintroduce them. So, and like we said, under the guise of a one-off, oh, it's an RC origin issue. Yeah, it is, but there's more going on in the background as well. And I think the fact that a lot of people don't specifically see that, but then they see the results of it later. It's like, oh yeah, that happened back in a few, like they're not going to be like that happened back in issue three or issue 11 or whatever, but it's subconsciously in the back of their mind. So that when stuff pops up, it's not just like, oh, who are those guys again? You know? Yeah, totally. Hopefully, you know, that's worked anyway. And and that's one of the things that I really enjoy about the Transformers reanimated project. And like, you know, Yoshi mentioned it, it's, it's, it's very much like the cartoon, but it's also like uh, uh, the Marvel comics in a way in that like you get bang for your buck. In this case, your your free buck that that you're kicking in with with uh you know downloading the script, but you know the the, the bang for your time, <laughs> bang for your time. Yes, so, I never feel like I'm wasting my time, and yeah, I while there are you've created this own continuity within itself. The stories I also feel are um, standalone enough to where where you can enjoy them on their own. Very similar to classic Marvel comics, where you could you know just pick up an issue of Spider Man and and know that there's other subplots and other stuff going on, but but you you still get like a self contained adventure and you know w- without drifting into too much of a rant and too much of a tangent i i think that's a big criticism not just of contemporary transformers comics but of just like comic books in general you know the perspective of writing for the trade you know everything is like a six issue story where like the middle four issues nothing really happens plot wise i i appreciate three panels that you need to know about you know and it's like oh is that all when you look back at it it's like uh. whereas if it's a three-part story it should have three parts that's the way i feel about it mike i i tell this to Greg all the time, to Ignazium for him, I'm sure. But, you know, I want the kid who saved up his money for three months, who is spending it on the only comic book he can afford, and if he buys the second part of a two-parter, I don't want him to feel disappointed. And that that's something I've, I've, I've told Greg a thousand times, and I it, it just stems from the fact that I grew up poor and I couldn't afford anything. And so... There was nothing worse than buying a comic and being just completely bummed out that it wasn't really a story. There was no real beginning, middle, or end to it. Um, luckily, that wasn't every comic book purchase I made. But but <laughs> that that kid who spent I mean, shoot, if if you know, a comic is four or five dollars now. Yeah. And and there's absolutely no excuse for them to not be completely entertained with that book. No matter what issue they get, they should mm-hmm. be able to to pick up a second parter of something we put together and feel like, oh, this makes sense in the in the in the cartoon universe. Like I get it. This is really cool. Whereas, you know, as you pointed out, like, you know, when Marvel does or when IDW does like a, a four or five part miniseries. You really can't do that. You can't pick up the middle issue and feel satisfied. 
Right. And and there's a fair amount of IDW Transformers comics and miniseries and story arcs and things that I like. Um but but yeah, the the individual self-contained storytelling or at the very least bang for your time uh seems to have been something that, that that's lost and quite frankly and so this is me saying this and not necessarily you guys saying this but i i feel that transformers reanimated is a response in a lot of ways to that type of storytelling like i i don't mess around with a lot of uh Transformers 2019 the 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 new rebooted uh I don't know what what you call it like phase 2 phase 3 or whatever um mm. all I know is that that series is like 30 issues in and um I I don't know if the war has even started yet so it's just like I I got I don't got enough ticks left on my clock where I can have that much of a long overarching story like i i'm okay with like a a slow burn type of movie even like a lot of netflix i think is a little too tedious for me at times i i i am impatient and i feel that like the prices that comic books are at now it's just it quite frankly it's it's just not worth it yeah i i feel it that if you want to there's two ways of doing it. I mean, you either tell you either tell the reader straight up like this is a six-part story, and so if you pick up issue four, you're really going to be lost, kind of thing. Um, when you then that's where you get stuff like you know Dark Knight Returns, and you get um, Last Stand of the Wreckers, and that sort of stuff, which is oh, great. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think if you're an ongoing, I think clearly, I think personally, I think the best way to do it is kind of one or two or every now and then you might sneak in like a three-part story kind of thing yeah but your overarching story themes and things like that can kind of be happening in the background and like we said just sort of like this like we did it with the storyline where uh you know issues 10 and 11 was a two-parter where it was basically like all the human villains got together and sort of teamed up almost like a Sinister Six kind of thing where you had uh, Lord Chumley and you had Dr. Archival and Sean Berger and that sort of, those guys. Yeah. But, you know, um, uh, Archival, you know, was in, was in issue seven. You know what I mean? Like he had his own issue and it was like, oh, that's right. We remember Dr. Archival, you know, <laughs> uh, you, you know, we we mentioned, you know, there was a teaser at, at one of the end of the issues where Chumley is reading the newspaper thinking like, oh, it's time to uh, time to start the hunt again. You know, that kind of thing. So yeah. Yeah. It, um, and then, of course, and then there was, a, I think, Prowl, I think it was Prowl, Prowl's on the, yeah, it was because it's in issue nine where he's about to go to Australia. Right. And just before he goes, you know, he's watching like a news report about on Teletrain One how mm-hmm. through some kind of uh, shonky, um, what's the word like? Uh, well, I don't know what the word is like. Through shonkiness, anyway, like yeah. our lawyer character Mud has found a way to uh, get Sean Berger out of jail. You know, so it's just little things like that. And then, of course, when they all turn up in issue 10 together, it's like, OK, well, we've sort of seen this coming a little bit if you if you pay attention, you know. So, yeah, um, that sort of thing. So and like I said before, like with run about and run amok and stuff. So I think if you look like and especially the, the, the last few issues we've done, there is quite a lot of sort of world building and story building stuff being set up. 
uh, in the background, you know, like, oh, it's an issue where the Omnibots chase down the monster bots. Yeah, it is, but, you know, it also, uh, you know, brought in uh, some some other villains and stuff who we still need to take care of. So mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, and you go down the, down the line with them and that sort of stuff. So I don't think you need to be sort of like it's... I remember when the, the Ash v. Evil Dead TV series came out and, like... I was pumped for it because, you know, Bruce Campbell, fuck yeah, all that sort of stuff, you know? <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah, totally. It was, very mu- it was very much like a movie that they'd split into 10 parts. And so, like, each episode was kind of just, like, one or two scenes of a movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was, it was still cool because it was, you know, Evil Dead madness. But, like, yeah, it wasn't, like, episode one, episode two. It wasn't, they weren't, they don't have a beginning, middle, and end within their own episode kind of thing. So... It did just sort of be like, oh, now we need to go here. Okay, credits. You know, yeah. and then the next episode, oh, we're here. Now what do we do? You know, like it just, so, I mean, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that either, but I do feel that it can be a bit lazy sometimes to, to tell a story that way. So, and, and I'm with you. Like I, the IDW, I really liked IDW1, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, and, and that, and then I don't necessarily see why they had to end it. Um, they could have gone on for many more years, I think, the way they were going. Mm-hmm. But um, the fact that they rebooted it as if, like, oh, we'll see what the world was like before the war. But then, yeah, like five issues in and I think, like, two things had happened, you know. And it was like, oh, okay. So, yeah, it's hard to hard to stay on board when, when um, yeah, like, you. I mean, at, at that point, if you're writing for the trade, I'll just buy the trade. Yeah. You know. Well, and here's the thing too, and I I think this is this is more for my own consistency and and benefit of of my audience because like I I I do feel honestly very torn about uh, IDW's Transformers output. So I so I'm editorializing a, a little bit here. Um, on one hand, the story isn't for me. But one of the things that I do appreciate about this current run of IDW comics is that they do seem to be more accepting and more interested in reaching out to uh, fans in a way, like in in terms of like, say, like cover art and and even some interiors and and things like that. And I wonder and you know just just uh playing my my own uh kind of like alternate timeline type of thing i i wonder if current idw editorial would be more interested in a project like reanimated now as opposed to say like 2 years ago when they were thinking about rebooting their 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 whole universe because um Again, I'm I'm just thinking out loud. Uh, you know, you guys can can jump in whenever, but um, so you don't have like two reboots at once, almost kind of thing. Well, not two reboots, but like you have a reboot of your current series, and then you're also like you know having two beginnings in a way, I guess, or two relaunches, I suppose. Well, because um, I I wonder a question that, and this wasn't even a direction I w- I was intending to go, but um, in in the two years since the launch of reanimated and one of the things that we talked about two years ago is like you know when it came down to the oh well you know we we don't solicit you know uh, we we don't accept unsolicited uh, uh scripts or whatever but 
I, I wonder how much of that just kind of came down to timing also. You know, it's like I've, um, you know, I've heard uh, Tyler Blazinski, the, the guy that wrote uh, Constructor Cons Rising with uh, the miniseries he did for uh, Transformers Galaxies with Livio Ramadelli, the, the uh, Constructor Cons origin story. He pitched that story for like six years and they um it, it just the way he tells it it just happened to be like the the right time that he pitched it at the right time where they're like okay fine we'll we'll do this but you have to kind of make it sort of fit in this universe and you know uh yeah. you read construction i think the only issue it, with that is is yeah. we weren't like we often say we were a rejected pitch, but I mean, we weren't even a looked at pitch. So it's not like they looked at it and went, ah, it's not for us. Like they right. just, they wouldn't even look at it. So I know you say that makes sense, but I mean, if, if we had even like got a sit down or a, a phone call or something to be like, Hey, this yeah. is our idea. Okay. Thanks. But no, thanks. Okay. Well, we'll talk to you again in six months or two years or something like that. I could see that. But yeah, I mean, we weren't even, afforded a chance to be rejected officially you know what i mean it was just right. like okay oh, well I, I can't look at that sorry it's like right. well well the lawyers will have a field day or whatever the excuse they want to use and it's like well you could ask us now you know like it's, it's, <laughs> it's not like it's it's not like you can't ask for you know what i mean like so but i mean i don't know there's probably a thousand rules or a thousand you know reasons and stuff but like yeah that's that's the only thing where i think like it's it, it's that's the most frustrating is that we weren't even like we weren't even officially rejected because like on the merits of what it is or, or what they want to be yeah. honest either you know right like if they were like yeah it's a good idea but we really don't want to do that right now so okay that's you know what can you do if they don't want it they don't want it yeah. but uh yeah and so it, if it, they it, had it, done that if they had done that we would not be two years into this. That's an excellent observation. And and that's kind of what I was thinking as well, is that, you know, it, since you're doing it independently, you also have the freedom to do whatever the heck you want. You know, Greg has talked at length about the uh, elaborate continuity that you guys have created uh you've created new characters you've you know there there's been new human characters and um and and yoshi i i'm kind of embarrassed that we that we've gotten this far um we we haven't talked about the the brand new autobot character that that was created for this uh project we haven't talked about shatter at all so um so yeah and i don't think if that um, if you guys had been picked up again, like, like, let's say, I mean, I don't know, let, let's say after a year, somebody says, oh my gosh, well, these guys really seem to have demonstrated consistency. They seem like they can get the scripts out at a timely matter. They, they, you know, they, they meet their deadlines. They get issues out, uh, once a month and they seem really, really dedicated, uh, to this, uh, let's give them a shot. I think if Transformers Reanimated were to have become an IDW project or property or whatever, after you had all like like the gears are in motion and we're doing podcasts and all this other stuff, I I don't think the landscape of where Transformers Reanimated is today. 
Um, I, 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 I just don't see it. I, I could see you guys getting burnt out with the, with the corporate grind and, you know, working on license books is notoriously difficult. And, and yeah, I just, I, you guys tell me, but I, I think it's cool that, and almost better in a way now that you've found your, your way and your voices and all that, 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 that it is an independent project. I mean, I could see that if it was a, if it was a case of like the, the, the classic, you know, like corporate notes and, 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 you know, uh, the, you know, the, the network doesn't understand it. So make it simpler. You know, like we spoke about that when we did, um, our big trouble in little China podcast on, mm-hmm. on, on my show, you know, on unfunny note tangent where the studio didn't get it. So they made them film a, a scene to tack on at the start where they're talking about, you know, well, this is kind of what happened and where's Jack Burton and whatever. Um, but yeah, as far as like the grind goes, I mean, we got like 30 scripts sitting here that we could publish tomorrow yeah. if we wanted to, you know what I mean? Like it's, 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 we could dump them all in one hit on the website and be like, here's 30 more stories, like boom, like, you know, mm-hmm. so, uh, it's, yeah, I don't know about if it's like, oh yeah, you got, and that's what we think we're saying, like where people are like, oh, do you think you're going to be able to write, you know, five stories? It's like, dude, we've got like 50 almost ready to go. So 24 of them are on the web and, you know, there's another yeah. 20, 25 that are, that are sitting there ready to go. And I know Yoshi's working on a three-parter at the moment. I'm working on two separate two-parters as well. <laughs> so it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. It's I'll, easy I'll... to say, you know, but yeah, the 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 content is not that is not a problem. It's the um, it's 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 getting it out to the people and the time it takes to then. Uh, obviously, it takes a long lot longer to draw an issue of a comic than it does to to write it. But I mean, that's why you don't have the same artist on every single issue. You know, right. it's it's to to answer to answer what you were asking. You know, like. It's well documented in the 80s Marvel run that when Budiansky was writing, he was under strict um, control from Hasbro and changes from Hasbro and trying to introduce toys all the way through his 50-some-odd issues that he wrote. It wasn't only until Simon Furman's latter half on that run that Hasbro backed off and let him do creatively the things he's been wanting to do. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I I think that at least has been in the back of our mind to some extent. Like if if a miracle happened and IDW called us up and said, "Hey, let's let's make this happen," like I would I would fully expect uh, uh, Big Daddy Hasbro to be like, "We got to change some stuff, though." And and you know they say they say eighty percent of writing is rewriting, and one of the wonderful advantages of being as far ahead in scripts as greg and i are right now compared to what we've released on the website is if we have ideas that are cooler about stuff that's going to happen we can and we're no stranger to it but we can make the adjustments to the to the other scripts that we haven't published yet to make it work or to make it more epic Mm -hmm. so i mean i i don't think we're afraid of the work but you you are absolutely right, Mike. It would if 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 Hasbro said here, here Yoshi, here's enough money for you to pay for a nanny. Now you can focus on writing. Like I expect that to be a ton of work and adjustments mm-hmm. to make them happy. Right. 
And I think, and part of that though, we have we have taken that sort of thing on board, where it's like, well, what did the show do? They introduced new characters to sell toys. So we then went, well, here's the issue, like we said, with the monster bots and the omnibots. Here, yeah. this would be the issue that would be like, here's six new characters, guys. Like, go buy the toys. It's just that there are no toys to buy because this is just our fan fiction thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and like we said, like here's. Well, we need like an epic Cybertron story every now and then. It's like, okay, well, here's one. Here's a three-parter for for you know, like you spoke about the 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 Marvel comics. Like one of the big uh, things we wanted to do was we wanted to do the G1 cartoon version of the Matrix Quest, which is what they did in the Marvel comics back in the late '80s. You know, yeah. so we have that ready to go. But not only does that is it like involving the Matrix, which up until now really is if this is part of the you know as far as like looking at the the g1 continuity like there is no matrix until the movie so right. why not where is it you know they all those i remember that 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 the animation errors and things like that that the fans like to nitpick on about the show and a lot of times rightfully so but one of the big ones is uh, in the episode where there's the the robotic clone or copy or whatever of Optimus Prime and the Autobots can't tell them apart and they're mm-hmm. like, maybe they should have a race, you know, like <laughs> just <laughs> random shit like that. It's like, why doesn't the real Prime just open his chest and be like, here's the Matrix, I, it's me, you know what I mean? That's like, well, yeah, but they hadn't invented the Matrix yet because that came along for the movie. And our thing is like, well, maybe he didn't do that because he doesn't have the fucking thing yet then why not? Where is it? What, you know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, you can go off in different directions with it. And I mean, there's, we've got heaps of stuff planned where it's like, oh, that was, a, you know, like Nightbird was a popular episode. Well, they never brought Nightbird back. Well, we're bringing Nightbird back. So be ready for it. You know what I mean? I've mm-hmm, just finished mm-hmm. a script that involves pretenders, you know? Uh, I've got Bonsai Tron in a dozen scripts that we've written you know and it's like what so how does that work you know what i mean so i think like we're trying to incorporate as much of the general transformers fandom as we can you know what i mean it's not just like these are the characters that were so they're the only characters that are it's like no there's a ton there's 20 years in in universe time like people come and go so there's there's lots of concepts um in the toys and the sh- and stuff like that that never made it and the comics that never made it to the uh the g1 show it's like well we we can do that and that's i think that would be part of that corporate grind and stuff that you spoke about but i mean we're sort of already incorporating that stuff it would just be a matter of adjusting it and yeah you work back and forth with people but i mean sure you know all you need is a chance so you know yeah so you know so i uh uh when when I invoked the IDW comics, I, I had envisioned that as more of a transition to talk about the uh, the awesome cover artists and and artists that that you guys have have worked with. And I think for me, the I I I never didn't take the project seriously, but I think when you guys had. Lee Sullivan do the cover for the Christmas issue. That's like, oh, (laughs) this guy's a guy that's a guy. And not only that, but also a guy that 
American audiences might not be as familiar uh, with their work. And from there, you know, it's like you, you've worked with all uh, all kinds of folks like, you know, we, we talked about uh, um, uh, Livio and, and Dan Hanna and Casey Collar a couple times. And I, I would imagine and Yoshi can correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of those artist connections uh come from you and connections you've made uh could you talk about uh because again the last the last time we all talked on my podcast you had just done the one issue where where casey had not only done um a cover but also some interiors as well but uh talk about kind of the the process of you know reaching out to these different artists that you know through uh through your connections and and how that all kind of fits into the larger tapestry of transformers reanimated Okay. <laughs> um, I just like well, behind think, the scenes stuff. I, I'm, I'm just into it. I like stories. You know, I come from a, a, a back in a back in a, a previous life. I was a graphic artist. And so things that that bugged me were uh, not getting paid and uh, a thousand changes they wanted at the last minute. So uh, it's easy for me, at least, to apply that template to any artist I speak to. Um, I got introduced to to a couple of these fellas uh, just through interviews that uh, we had conducted on the Transmissions podcast. So when I would meet them in real life at conventions, uh, comic conventions or Transformers conventions, that was my foot in the door. Like, hey, we we did an interview together, so and so. Like, uh, uh, I'm actually interested in a in a sketch cover or a piece of art. Can we talk about it? And uh, They'd say sure, and I'd hand them a blank comic, and I'd say what I'd want, and uh, pay them up front, and then wait till the very end of the convention, whether it was one day, two day, three days, what have you, and pick it up at the end, and I'd thank them for it. Like no changes, no no fuss, no muss. Like I commissioned you to do this. This is what you produced for me. I'm really happy with it. I don't need I don't need what's in my head to be on the paper. I need to understand what's in your head so that when I tell you the directions, I know what will be on the paper. Um, so that I think that's a huge a huge foot in the door for Greg and I because now uh, we have an established reputation of our work ethic and um, our ability to pay for the commissioned work. So uh, when when Transformers uh, Reanimated started, we started with uh, uh, artists that I already had a relationship with at conventions, and it's just an email saying. Hey, this is what the project is. This is what I want. Followed immediately by, "How can I pay you? And how much is it going to cost?" Because mm-hmm. let's get that out of the way. Because I'm not joking around here. Let's let's get and, this. Thing. And and this is our idea. But what what do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big thing with us too. We're like, well, this is what we were thinking, but we're not artists. So what would you do? And they're like, yeah, we love that idea. Or like, ah, what about this instead? We're like, oh, yeah, that's way better. Do that. I mean, <laughs> we're, know, like, we're, so, we're, you know. we're 35 years from from the movie, Mike. I mean, a lot yeah. of these people that we're, we've commissioned, this is like their only opportunity to do a G1 cover that people are going to see. And so you know, it's like, here's our idea guys, but here's also a copy of the script. Like, do you want to come up with an idea? Do you want to hit the ground running with your own idea? Cause let's, we're more enthusiastic. If you've got an idea you're enthusiastic about, 
but if you need the idea, here it is. Like I try to answer everything in that yeah. initial contact. So all they have to tell me is what their PayPal address is. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, so and and nineteen nine times out of twenty, it's our idea that they're just going to go with. And uh, and uh, they always hit me up with like, so what do you need changed? I'm like, no, no, this is good. And they're just when when I don't have any changes for them. They want to do round two. They want to do cover three. They want to do cover four. So that's that's how you do it, yeah. I guess, to answer your question. Yeah, if you get a, if you if you have good com- communication from the get go, you're not having to go back and forth and be like, oh no, not like that, because they know what you want because you've asked them for it already. So and like we said, and if they then suggest, I mean, like Casey uh, did the cover for twenty two with with shatter on that and he had a ton of well, like we had a rough idea what we wanted but he had a ton of little ideas and stuff as well i've been like actually i can make it i know how i draw and i can make it look better if i do it like this and we'll like go for it like that's why you're the artist and you know and we're not you know like so it was like cool man sounds good and so then when he delivered it back it was like here's the pencil art if you want anything changed we can't i can change it and we're like no man it looks awesome great because he had said from the get-go, you know what I mean? He didn't just draw what we asked for and then go, ah, oh, yeah, but it doesn't look any good because I drew to the letter of what you two guys want. It's right, like, well, right. what we're thinking in our head might not be doable as far as art goes. So, you know, you got to you got to listen. There's a reason why these people are, are employed to be artists, you know, so you got to listen to them. So, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, I, I think it's been, it's been really, um, rewarding like working with the artists that we have like personally so to be able to see something that you just have had in your head you know as a as a 2d you know colored image it's like wow that and looks, the, that's awesome you know? the colorists get even less of a direction it's just like <laughs> g1 for us just g1 it and we'll call it good <laughs> Yeah, make the red parts red. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah, that's no, good though because yeah, it's it has allowed us too to involve uh, other people that might not have gotten their art out there as as um, as easily as well, not as easily, but not as uh, like Ryan Jet, for instance, has done a couple of covers for us. Yeah, from from Ryan from Apod Decast. Um, and I mean, not that he has any trouble getting his his art out there. You know, they got their own fans and website and stuff like that. But like, I can tell you now, he would never have drawn Piranacon just off his own, you know, off his own badges to be like, I might draw Piranacon today. It's like, no. But when Greg rings you up and says, "Can you draw Piranacon for me?" Right. Yeah, he does. You know what I mean? And that's that's what's coming out next month. And like, the cover he's done for that is fucking amazing oh and my god yeah, i i love my favorites i love his take on it and i love his design in that like you know it's it, it's more organic than you would expect piranacon to be it's you know it, mm-hmm. he's got like some softer edges to it and just just makes him look beefy and mean it's just it is so cool and and that's that's 
what I like seeing in this project too. Like you can see, you know, the um, incremental improvements and, you know, artists getting more into the, into the groove of what the project is. And Greg, you had, uh, you had mentioned issue 22 earlier and I uh, meant to transition to this earlier. Uh, but I, mm-hmm. I, I also wanted to talk about uh, uh, the character of Shatter for a minute and kind of your collaboration, uh, you and Yoshi with, uh, with, with Casey on that. Cause this is a, you know, it's one thing to ask uh, your your buddy Ryan Jett to draw a bumblebee in a mall. It's another thing <laughs> to say, hey, uh, Casey Collar, uh, a famous IDW uh, Transformers artist, uh, do you kind of want to help us create a new original character? Um, that's that that that's like a whole nother level. Um, so I, I was wondering if we could, could we talk about kind of the the origins of, of Shatter? Meaning, like you know, why a Cybertruck, and you know, and and from then how that kind of organically fits into the the stories of uh, issues twenty two and twenty three. Well, I'm glad you asked me that, Mike, because. When I first came up with the character of Shatter, no, <laughs> Shatter's all Yoshi. Shatter is 100% exactly. Yoshi's character. Um, and yeah, so I'll let him explain how uh, how that character came to be. Thank you, Greg. So kind of you. I'm not Lennon McCartneying this one where it's like, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah, no, no. This, this character is, is uh, I'm, I'm proud yeah. to say this is one of Yoshi's. Uh, I, a few would, times where we've done one thing on our own, you know what I mean? Like this is specifically uh, Yoshi's character. I, from, I was going to say, I, to I do have a follow-up question about Lennon and McCartney stuff on like some of the other characters you've, uh, uh, you guys have created along the way, but let's, uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's stick with Shatter and, Mud, uh, and Yoshi's other baby. Mud was mine. Mud was mine. I'll, yeah. I'll take that one. Yeah. <laughs> that was my Star Trek, uh, influences coming out there <laughs> but yeah yeah yoshi's story for for shatter is, is really interesting i think so um yeah go for it yoshi you know i uh i i've become a, a real big collector of transformers art over toys um probably over comics and uh it it kind of surprised me i was i was commissioning art and buying original art and uh uh, I was running out of ideas for sketch covers, quite honestly. And uh, uh, a little company called Tesla comes around with cars and 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 trucks and whatnot. And I'm thinking, you know, if Transformers was rebooted today and they crashed into Mount St. Hillary and the satellite went out to to go gather intel on what they should be, wouldn't a Transformer want to be the ad- most advanced vehicles on the planet of Earth? And for me, that's right now, that's Tesla. And uh, so I've got artists um, who have done Autobots for uh, the Model S and uh, the Roadster and uh, the Tesla Semi um, and, uh, and the Model X minivan. Um, but as soon as, uh, as, soon as uh, uh, Elon Musk announced the, uh, the Cybertruck and then broke its window on, on stage live in front of everybody, I'm like, that's an Autobot. And uh, I took it, uh, I emailed um, Casey Collar and I said, hey, we're all going to um, TFCon. Uh, God, I was on the right coast in 2019, I forget. We'll say Baltimore for the sake of argument, just to say something. Um, and 
I said, hey, I, I want this as as an Autobot. Would you would you mind doing it? And I'll just pick it up from the at the convention for you. And he said, sure. And uh, uh, the virus prevented us from going to that convention so that I could pick it up. Mm-hmm. And so he mailed it to me. And I'm like, it came out beautifully. It's 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 on the Transformers Reanimated website. That original sketch, you can check it out. It's it's pretty cool. Um, and uh, I think Greg, honestly, I think from the get go, I, I told you like, wouldn't it be cool to to work this into a story? Isn't he a cool looking robot? And uh, I'm pretty sure Greg agreed with me, or I or I <laughs> uh, put my muscle out and said, "Fuck it, it's happening." I can't remember which. My um, only my only concern was we didn't want it to be like our wind blade in a sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't have necessarily, I don't have the problem with wind blade that a lot of others did, but we didn't want it to be sort of like, um, you know, here's like when they did the star Trek, uh, transformers crossover, it was meant to be G one. And yet, you know, from the cartoon basically, and it had bumblebee and ratchet and whoever else. And yet wind blade was there. And it's like, well, wind yeah. blade was never in the, cartoon so we didn't want to sort of be like oh and then our our character insert will be there all the time you know what i mean so and that's where it came that well he would be from the future so he's not you know why is he a tesla yeah, it was two, in, it was two uh, different 86, ideas yeah? it mm. was two different ideas like I, I wanted to write a time story time travel adventure and uh i wanted to write something with this original character and i was really hesitant about it because i didn't want a wind blade i didn't want somebody to pick up this issue and be like, that's eh, not like the cartoon. Um, drift is another example we brought up as well, where it was like, there's nothing wrong with drift, but yeah, he was everywhere. Like all of a sudden, you know? Yeah. Or, or even like so sunstorm two- in the, in the Dreamwave era, you know, what, one of those yeah, just kind of like yeah. where I, yeah. I remember that very vividly. It's like, okay, we're creating a new G one character. It's like, how, how does that work? <laughs> mm. You know, Sunstorm is uh, is in issue ten, by the way, of re- uh, nineteen of of reanimated. By the way, yeah, <laughs> I like Sunstorm yeah. actually. I think, yeah. a, I think he's a cool character. But... So our, yeah, our workaround did, we... was a was a time travel story, yeah. and the cover for for the Shatter issue is can almost be taken from one of the panels that we had we described in the in that issue. Yeah, absolutely. I I just happened to be looking at it on on my screen now, and it's uh, it's it's just gorgeous. It's beautiful. I mean, so you've you've got um, Galvatron, you've got the Matrix. So like right away, without even having like extra cover dressing to say, hey, this is a this is a story from the future. Just seeing Galvatron there already gives you a clue about what era this uh this takes place in and i th- i think that was uh i think that was a pretty cool workaround though yeah, we thanks. didn't want to be we don't want it to be uh you know like galvatron's a tricky one you know what i mean because you can't sort of do he, he's not around because obviously he's still megatron at that point and things like mm-hmm. that and obviously if you then sort of did some sort of time travel story where galvatron is now fighting optimus prime or something they would all be like well we know like, how does that information then not get out? The fact that, you know, Megatron is, is all but dead and gets rebuilt and that would just ask too many questions. So, yeah, I think I think we found a way around it pretty well. Yeah. Galvatron is in the story, but he's not in it the way you'd think he would be. So Exactly. Well, and that reminds me of something that, that we've all discussed behind the scenes because, like, you know, there there's a couple times uh, you guys have – 
asked me for you know thoughts on things or you know uh, uh our buddies from the apdc and 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 things like that and every once in a while we'll throw something at you and it'll be like nope can't do that because it contradicts the movie so it it reminds me of like what yeah yeah go ahead <laughs> i was just gonna say real quickly in as as yoshi was uh doing the first draft on issue 22 with Shatter, he asked me, he said, oh, I was really thinking like this could be the issue that we kill off Gears. And I'm like, can't kill off Gears, he's in the movie. And he's like, is he? I'm like, yep. I'm like, I don't think he is. And I found a screenshot. It's like, he's there on Moonbase 1, I think one or two. He's yeah. in the other chair that Einhide's not in when they're doing the whole, like, you know, every time I look into a monitor, <laughs> you know, all that shit. Yeah. He's there. It was a split second, but he's there. So, like, so something like that. It's like, we can't kill Gears. He's not in season three, but technically he's in the movie. Yeah. So, little things like that. We've had to, uh, every now and then, we're like, oh, no, hang on a sec. That doesn't work. You know what I mean? Because, uh, yeah. This we truly didn't put the same effort into wanting to kill Gears as we did Bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so is there going to be and a plague just... of Gearses now? <laughs> just, yeah. just so you can kill off that 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 little grump over and over again. I mean, if you're going to do that, you yeah. you got to you got to do the same thing to Huffer. Huffer sucks. I hate that guy. I'm glad well, he's dead. Well, Huffer's in Huffer's in the movie too. So, <laughs> yeah. Greg loves writing for for grumpy bots. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, man, that's my my freaks. They got to have something wrong with them, and they're one of my favorites. And I'll do an issue about them. Mm, Greg's weirdos. <laughs> I love it. Well, it, it could be paranoia, narcissism, a weird gurgly water voice, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Or you, or you could be a character that I love and everybody hates. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who's also in the movie, but not in season two, <laughs> which I think everybody knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. But but it is interesting because like, I mean, Greg, that that's I mean, you just mentioned it here, but that but that's something that you've explicitly told me. It's like, no, you you can't break the movie. And from there, yeah. I, I guess I kind of wanted to transition to since 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 we're here and it's and it's the time of year and it's the big, big 35 and the 35th anniversary. I guess I, I do kind of want to talk about the movie um, a bit with regards to. Um, I guess, well, it, it's, it's hard for me to ask, like, how, how does the movie affect Transformers reanimated in, in that it, it builds a stopping point. We already have that answer, but I guess I, um, since I had you guys, why, why choose the movie as, as your stopping point? And from there, let's talk about, I guess, a uh, affection for the movie and how it affects the project. Uh, let's start with Yoshi because I don't, I I've talked to Greg a lot about Transformers, the movie he's been on a, a couple different panels of mine and, you know, we've, uh, you know, we, we've talked about that, but Yoshi, I don't think I've talked to you, um, about the movie. So I guess, um, Talk about uh, uh, Transformers the movie and just kind of your your affection for it. I love this movie so much. I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm with you, and and that's why I kind of define the childhood of millions. Like it's it it had such an impact. It it was it was it was more detailed. It was darker. Uh, it swore. <laughs> it 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 made it made every 
life on that movie precious because it was like people were dying like uh oh we're not playing from the same rule book anymore yeah. kids um you know it, it it affected us i mean it it, yeah. it 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 did define our childhood it 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 was that it was that oh we're not kids anymore moment yeah um and and there's a lot there's a part of me you know you you kind of you asked this question early on you know there, there's there's a part of me as a writer that is like eager to get to the uh more movie end of of reanimated because it is darker because maybe if it if it feels right we can use uh, uh swear words uh, which i'm a stranger to <laughs> um <laughs> you know there's a part of me that's that but but to answer to your question like you know this is 20 years i mean i'm i'm having so much fun with this like i'm not eager to get to that finish line and and in in a way we could write this uh, for more than 20 real life years, if we wanted to, uh, just keeping adding to the mythos and adding to the stories. Like I don't, we're certainly not shy of any, of any ideas, but we also know that, um, we do have to find the end at some point. And, um, I don't know, as, as such a fan of Transformers and that movie mm-hmm. to, to in, in the way of reanimated, to be a part of that on that level is, is huge to me. I mean, it's, it's fun and it's, I'm almost done, Greg, and then you can interrupt me. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's fun. And like, you know, th- there are scripts Greg takes the lead on. And when it's time for us to sit down on a Skype call and review them, I'm a fan. I get to, I get to experience this for the first time and be like, you know, it may not have been the way I had written it, but it fits and it works. And Greg was excited to write it. And I'm, I'm having so much fun reading it. And I can only hope it's the same for Greg when I take the lead on a script. Um, but yeah, I probably didn't. Not answer. at all. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it is because it's like, all right, where are you going here? Okay. There we go. Yeah. So it, it, it is, it's like you get to, uh, you get a new comic, you know what I mean? And you're getting it before anyone else. And you're the only person that's reading that story. And, and it's, you know, Oh, I thought this was going to happen. Okay, cool. I like that you did that instead. And then we, like we said, so either Yoshi writes a script and then reads it to me or, or I read it and I read it back to him basically. Um, or the opposite, or I've written one and he reads it back to me. And then we sort of fine tune it if need be, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, the fact that we we both then can kind of surprise each other every now and then as well. Of like, oh shit, I didn't think that was going to happen. That's cool, you know. That's it's a lot of fun, and the process is as fun as as the end result. Yeah, the movie meant so much to me, Mike, that I bought that uh, the the UK uh, version that's coming out here that I won't be able to watch because it's not in <laughs> region one. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I might have to edit this out. I don't know. How how did you get that? Just ordered it from the website on Friday. Huh. It, it went it went live at 4 a.m. Yeah. And I was awake. So Well, because I like it. so like for me, when I, I went to Zavi's website, it redirected mm-hmm. me to the US site. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't have that problem. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Well, maybe I'll have to re look into that because yeah that that box set is 
fantastic. I I don't even care that that the movie's region locked, and I don't think that 4K UHD movies are region locked. I could be mistaken, but you know, you can if you've got a computer, you can get around it. Uh, it's not ex- a big deal, exactly. But you can't yeah. just get a you can't just get a region multi-region player. That's what. I've- I've got. Yeah, see, <laughs> you can I, do that software wise. Well, you it, can do that software. And, and that's uh, the thing. I I think those barriers are are um, lower than they used to be. But yeah, man, that uh that that uh, Matt Ferguson art, you know, like all the mm-hmm. art cards and all the covers and the posters and stuff. It, it is, it is a phenomenal set. I uh I I made a I, I made a joke on Twitter and and Greg, maybe uh cover your ears for a sec. It's like I I think this is the way for you. Uh, <laughs> to get revenge on on us americans they're like you know what no it's it's uk exclusive fuck you yankees <laughs> it's, it's for spilling all that tea <laughs> bastards i don't have to cover my ears i don't care i'm not part of the uk well that's true that's true you're, you're like yeah fuck those guys fuck those guys too fuck but, those guys yeah, yeah that's, that's, right. that's, that's a good point that's a good point but uh, uh but yeah no that that's uh and and that's the thing too you know like as as i've talked about in other of my episodes and and episodes i have coming up you know it a lot of it is about kind of like the legacy of this movie and one of the things that still even now you know we're, we're talking about like a deluxe uh anniversary box set that that's you know it's a it's a premium format it's a premium item you're not seeing that for G.I. Joe the movie or My Little Pony the movie or whatever. You know, th- there there is something special and iconic about Transformers the movie that, that I think transcends any of those other um, 80s adaptations. You know, like, uh, I mean, even like, you know, you got like the live action Masters of the Universe, you know, those those kinds of things. And and Transformers, the movie seems to be the one that has risen above all of them and has that iconic status that that the others don't. Well, it's the peak. It's the peak of the whole franchise, really. I think most people would would say that anyway, like Mm -hmm. it was. Yeah, the toys and the comics and everything, but like the movie sort of hit this, that was hit everyone in the right place. Like, oh shit! And then now everyone, it's sort of what everybody compares everything else to. So it's like, oh yeah, like the Michael Bay stuffs, like it, it, it looks good as far as like special effects and stuff go. Like the character designs are shit though. Like why couldn't they make them more like the movie, like the cartoon movie where they looked. Like Optimus Prime looked like Optimus Prime. Yeah. And everyone sort of leans back to like, oh, yeah, but that battle was awesome, like with the, the Battle of Autobot City and all that kind of stuff. So, like, people sort of lean back to it. Whereas, yeah, I think, I mean, Masters of the Universe, I guess, their their live-action movie would sort of came two or three years after, you know, He-Man had sort of gone away for a bit, you know, mm-hmm. like the, the show had finished and... And the toy line wasn't really moving like it was. And then they were like, oh, we've got a movie. And it's like, eh, people don't really care. Whereas the Transformers movie came out right on the heels of season two, where everyone was like, yeah, yeah, we love Transformers. And they were, that's, it hit at the right time as well. It didn't come like, they didn't release that movie in 1989 and then be like, remember Transformers? It was, you know, right in the middle of, of the, probably the peak of of when transformers was a thing so yeah yeah great point i I think that's the problem nowadays is when they try and reboot stuff or they try and bring it back or try and 
to like a new version of it, like the Netflix show and stuff. I mean, that's the criticisms of the Netflix show is like, oh, or one of, I know I've said this. It's like all the voices sound the same. Yeah. And it sounds like someone trying to do a Peter Cullen imperson- impersonation. Mm-hmm. It's like, why don't you just get Peter Cullen? If you don't want Peter Cullen, then don't impersonate him. You know, like if you want Optimus, if you want your Optimus Prime to sound different and this Optimus Prime is not the Optimus Prime from your childhood or whatever, that's cool to just get some other dude to do a voice, you know, like Peter Cullen. Yeah. So, or, or yeah. you know, I mean, because I mean, there are other iterations that work just fine. Like, uh, you know, I, I talked to David Kay a few weeks ago and, you know, we, we talked a little bit about his take on Optimus Prime in, in Transformers Animated. And that that's a that's a completely different take on the character. And, you know, obviously yeah, what. Yeah. And you know, uh, obviously, what uh, what Gary Chalk did, you know, with uh, with Optimus Primal and and the you know Unicron trilogy versions and stuff. So I mean, that so you can still do an Optimus Prime that's not Peter Cullen that's still recognizable as Optimus Prime. So yeah, it's it, it's. It is it is interesting, and it kind of speaks to where Transformers fandom. I guess kind of is it's kind of like in this weird one foot in one foot out with with regards to G1 rehash yeah the only the only things that we've done where it's like well this is our version of that mm-hmm. is stuff that was never in the show at all you know so like we spoke about like Piranacon before like it you know like Piranacon is not the six Seacons merging together like devastator to become this super robot like no in our in our thing piranacon is piranacon he's his it it he's his own entity he's it, you know what i mean he's his own thing yeah and that's why like ryan's uh cover kind of reflects that where he's a bit more organic he's more of a kind of cthulhu type thing you know what mm-hmm. i mean and like the story but the story then uh allows you to go down avenues where you do get the classic G1 versions of other characters, you know, Um, or ones that were never in the show. Also like someone like Octopunch, you know, and and that's like that, (laughs) you know, um, you know, it's like, well, this is why he would be the way he is and stuff like that. So, but yeah, we're not sort of going like, Oh, well, we're going to have, uh, it's a G1 Optimus prime, but you know, he's, he disappears for 20 years and then comes back, you know, in the final issue or something like that. And while he's gone, you know, um, uh, Cup is the leader or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. no, that's not how it works. So, like, Prime is the leader. He's the leader the whole time. He dies in the movie. And then, you know, at the end of season three, he comes back alive. Like, that's that's where it is. So we don't need to change that. That's not something where we're like, well, what if Optimus Prime, you know, was like you know, a pacifist or something now, sure. you know, like it's just like, well, you know, or it doesn't want to, like he quits or something. It's like, yeah, you can tell those stories, but they're the one and done's, you know, like we said, like what if power glide got turned into a car and what if he hated it? <laughs> like, well, all right, well, let's see. But that's just a one and done, you know, story. So that doesn't affect the movie because power glide's not in the movie. You know, it, it it's, it, it's there's there's things you can do and things you can't do when you set the framework from day one and that's what uh we did and then that was you know, one of yoshi's sticking points was like this isn't going to be one of those things where you you know like you do a terminator dark fate and go oh yeah just pretend those other five movies didn't happen right you know it's right. like 
Well, they did happen, and now you it's weird now. You know, you sort of, this is alternate universe 947 in the Terminator, Terminator franchise, you know? Whereas, yeah. like, reanimated is not that. Reanimated is 100%. Uh, in, not it's not in I don't mean it's in continuities like it's not canon obviously but our continuity is 100% the continuity of the cartoon uh, and the movie so yeah like we said you can't kill gears he's in the movie so. <laughs> <laughs> hot rod's gonna get the matrix whether you like it or not because yeah. he gets it in the movie so you know exactly. yeah there's little things like that <laughs> gotcha well, gentlemen, this has been an absolute blast uh, catching up and, you know, kind of learning about where the project uh, started and how it's going. And as we uh, uh, close out now, Greg, you've you've alluded to this uh, uh, numerous times that that you guys have uh, stacks and stacks of scripts. But um, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to ask Yoshi, what what do you think? In in your vision, your your mind's eye, what what does the future of Transformers Reanimated look like? Like, what's what what's the next motion of this project as it as it continues? Because as as your your partner, your ride or die, keeps saying that it's like this ain't going to end ever, anytime soon, at least. The issues are going to continue. Um, we we constantly are reaching out to artists we haven't had on on the series yet. Um, and I hope, uh, I hope some of the names that show up will be surprises for people. Um, I would like, uh, uh, to, to do more posts talking about, uh, our thinking and, and, and why we've done what we've done. Um, I really enjoyed the, the, the deep dive we did into shatters origins on the website. That was just a little bit of extra. Yeah. Uh, here's how it came. If you care type of thing that, uh, that was fun. I want to keep doing the, keep doing the podcasts like, and I like not taking them seriously. Yeah. Cause I think if we're having fun, then the audience is having fun. Um, you know, I, I, I really, I truly feel at the end of the day, Greg and I are entertainers, whether we're writing a script or, or doing the podcast, like I want that person to be entertained. I'm Mm -hmm. not trying, I, as much as I wish, uh, these issues were episodes, uh, in the original G1 universe, uh, the reason G1 was so popular is because it entertained millions of kids and, and we want to continue entertaining people. So whether whether you just listen to the podcast version because you don't want to read, you know, the the PDF block of text that we provide or you're reading the PDFs like we hope you're entertained and you're, you're continuing down through all the issues because that's why we're doing this. <laughs> um, uh, you know, there's I would love to be the type of person who could afford to, to have artists do the entire book like I, I quoted it out. Just, just as a side note, like I quoted it out, it would cost anywhere between four and five thousand dollars an issue, conservatively, to to have one issue drawn and colored and lettered. So, what we're we're twenty four issues in at the time of this recording. You know, that's conservatively you're looking at a hundred thousand dollars at this point invested Oof. into it. Which I, I mean, I, I love reanimated. It's a wonderful hobby. 
but I'm not going to invest a hundred thousand dollars into it. No. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> this is where an IDW would be most grateful for us because, uh, I, I, that's one of the things I learned in doing this, like how much it costs just to get a book ready to go to the printer. Like then there's the printing cost. Um, there's, uh, you know, there's been a lot of learning curve of, of working with artists and conveying our message and, and, you know, being respectful of the artists and stepping away and being like, okay, this is a shared vision at that point, mm-hmm. you know, like w- bring it to the table, man. Like we've chosen you, we're not backing out, bring it to the table. And you know, the covers are what we get. And, and I love them. And, and being an art guy of transformers, like every month being able to release a new cover is just like, I have so much fun with that. And I hope everybody else does too. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to keep going. We're, we want to keep trying to have fun with this. I think when it, I know it's cliche to say, but once it stops being fun, um, hopefully we've gotten to the end by then, Greg. Uh, yeah. yeah. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do want to say real quick as well. Like it's not okay. Like prequel stuff is, is always tricky because you do sort of know where you're going, but the fact that we haven't sort of jumped ahead 10 years already um, is really testament to the fact that we've got a ton of stories that we want to tell in like the late eighties and nineties, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. and also it's not going to be one of those things like the revenge of the Sith star Wars movie, where all of a sudden we need these five things to happen and they all happened in the last 10 minutes, you know, like, well, Vader needs to be in the suit and Obi-Wan needs to get his lightsaber and Padme needs to die and what's happening with C-3PO. He needs to have his memory wiped, you know, like all these plot points and stuff could have happened over the course of a whole movie or even two. And yet they all kind of happened in the last 10, 15 minutes. And the two movies before that had so much in them that had really nothing to do with the fact that, you know, the core concept of this is how Darth Vader became Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas we want to sort of stagger stuff in and you know what I mean? And more of a like, well, the reason this character is not around because they've come and gone like it was 20 years, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's, there's lots of like deep cuts that we're enjoying, like bringing back and stuff as well. So, um, not just characters like Dr. Arkaville or Astoria, but you know, like we've got a story. Well, like, um, we had a character that, uh, um, was in uh, one of the issues with the Omnibots um, because the Omnibots are described in their um, bios as being like sort of omnipresent, like they're multidimensional and things like that. Mm-hmm. So we made them from an alternative dimension. And, of course, the big bad like Megatron-like figure in that universe is Tranus, who he's been given a name by the fandom and things like that now, but... Really, his only appearance was as a flashback in one of the Five Faces of Darkness uh, issue uh, episodes in season three, right. where Rodimus goes into the Matrix and all that kind of stuff. He's sort of like this um, junkion-looking guy, and he's basically just one of the old Decepticon leaders that was defeated in one of the old wars, like the wars before the wars kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we're like, well, what if in his reality he wasn't defeated and he was like a dude and then he came to our reality? It's like, well, there you go. Oh, but there's no mention of him in season three or in the movie or anything like that. It's like, no, well, maybe they've dealt with him. You know what I mean? Like, do you talk about stuff that 
you know, like, do you talk about a project at work that you did 20 years ago? Like, no, that's come and gone. You've moved on to other things, you know? So um, I imagine, like, villains-wise and, and and characters and stuff, like, it's, it, it, yeah, concepts, like we said, like um, action masters and pretenders and things like that. Like, there's, you know, oh, they were never in the show. Well, we'll show you why they weren't in the show because that story's come and gone. That's yeah. sort of the fun part where yeah we have to stick to the to the um the canon of the movie but if you do this stuff that's come and gone and it happened in between then it's you know it um it can be a lot of fun and it also helps build other um story plots that that are involved in the movie at the same time so yeah yeah, there's uh any concepts that you didn't see in the show we're, we're trying to like you know bring them into uh reanimated for sure very cool. Well, as as always, guys, this is a it's always a, it's always a blast catching up. I I love this project. I love talking about this project. I love supporting this project, and I know um, you know one of the things we talked about way at the beginning is you know we we've kind of built a, a little bit of community with with regards to uh artists and folks that have participated in the podcast and things like that uh as uh, as we get ready to close out if somebody listening to this and is intrigued by uh by the project um how uh, how can they get in touch with you guys about um uh you know perhaps doing a cover or or something else uh having to do with uh, transformers reanimated everything's on the website transformersreanimated.com get through get to us that way they can social media us or email us either way cool yeah you can uh, you could you can tweet us as well i mean i'm i'm at greg t13 which is uh, at g-r-e-i-g-t-1-3 uh on twitter so i mean yeah and of course yoshi's on twitter as well um so yeah if all else fails you can always tweet us and be like hey i want to do a cover what can i do we're like yeah sure so or like hey i want to i'm a really good voice actor or something you know what i mean or i'm i've done a lot of voice work and maybe you guys could use me yep cool man sounds like fun like why not so yeah it's definitely no uh definitely no gatekeeping going on on our end exactly i mean so i i remember back in january you guys did a panel for icon online and i would i was kind of moderating the chat while that was happening and i was just blown away by the uh you know again just the amount of support and and uh goodwill towards the project i thought that was really cool and i remembered uh vaguely that there were there were a couple folks saying like oh man this seems really cool i hadn't heard of it before it's like yeah it's been around for a year and a half um so i i I, and that's why we do things like what we're doing now it's like well let's talk about this get something out there so that folks that that haven't checked it out um can check it out you know it's like you, you gotta let folks know that something is there so that they know uh to go check it out but i just um you know while we were chatting here i have the website up and and um i saw the the cover that thomas deer did for issue 23 and that just kind of made me re- i I've, I've got icon online on 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 the brain because the the panels are now available on youtube like 
for example, your guys's panel is is one that's now available. And and yeah, just I I you know we we spoke on this earlier, but I think it's it's really cool how it really is a small world after all, and like all of these connections could be made. And yeah, it's just um, yeah, it all, all it all converges with uh, with robots in disguise, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the cover for uh, the 23 that Thomas did because yeah, that's been one of my favorites. It really, to me, had that like old school like storybook or big looker or whatever they call yeah, them. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. It had that cover, you know, like there was a, a whole bunch of them. There was like Wheelie, the wild boy of Quintesson or whatever it was called. <laughs> and there was, I remember there was one with Optimus Prime and it was like, it was like the origin of the Transformers, basically, and it was him like on standing on the Ark as if he was like surfing it. And I was like, "What's going on there?" Like mm-hmm. so, those old school like Transformers, um, the books, you know, they're super nostalgic now. But I think he he really brings that element with his art. So and super super cool dude to de- uh, deal with as well. So yeah, yeah. That- and and I'm surprised because um, when we when we did it, it was like. Yeah, and then have like, you know, Soundwave and a couple of the tapes in the background. And I said to Yoshi, do you realize that this is issue 23 and we've not yet have Soundwave on the cover? Like, Mike will murder us. Like, what have we done? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, he's fine. Soundwave is finally on the cover. It was like, man, yes. how did we not get Soundwave on the cover? It's my now. dude. Uh, yeah. You know, I, and, and I, I actually have a Soundwave commission that, that Thomas Deere did for me uh, at a, a TFCon Toronto, uh, I think 2019. But anyway, it's 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 fantastic. His work is just so intricate. And uh, that's that's a dude that really needs to blow up. I, you know, just, just incredible work ethic. Really cool, sweet, humble dude. I just I, I I just think he's he's definitely one of those um, uh, uh, artists that that's ready for like a breakout. I I think huge fan. Yeah, I agree for sure. Yeah, definitely. He's one of those people where you're like, why is he not more famous than he is? You right. know what I mean? It's like yeah, yeah. But if he gets too famous, maybe you won't want to talk to us anymore. So who knows? Yeah. There it is. There it is. That's. <laughs> That's awesome. So, and and Greg, I see that you have uh, you you've sent me a uh, photograph through through Messenger, and so yeah, so <laughs> that that goes what to fifty two? Oh my gosh! I'm I'm not going to read any of these titles out loud because I think they're all huge spoilers. So maybe I won't do that. But but there's. Uh, uh, well, well, let's put it this way: if you just are... don't mention the one with Petro rabbits. Oh shit! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but, um, okay, well, I, I will do another spoiler. Apparently, uh, there's going to be another Christmas issue, which uh, which I I'm there pretty is. excited about because the 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 first Christmas issue was uh, was a ton of fun, and that was uh, that was yeah. great. But but yeah, you know, uh, fans of Transformers the movie uh, specifically will have uh, some stuff to look forward to there as well. And uh, those were those were uh, uh, some of the ideas I got to kind of consult and kind of bounce ideas off of as well. So that's uh, that's that's super cool. Uh, gentlemen, it is getting late in the evening, and I'm I'm sure. Uh, 
Uh, well, at least for some of us. Uh, Greg, it might be mid-afternoon by now. But hey, what are you talking about? It's only 5 o'clock. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so so I guess before we part ways for now, um, any any particular final thoughts? You know, it's like anything that like, you know, through what we've been talking about, stuff that we haven't covered yet that, uh, that you would like to uh, um, get off your chest or, or kind of get out there? You will always be my bumblebee, Mike. <laughs> I was going to Tashi Station to pick up power converters. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I, I and I know, will always find a way to murder Bumblebee in in uh, story. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> I, I I love it. I love it. All right, and that will wrap things up for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening and for hanging out with us. And keep listening all this month as we continue to celebrate the 35th anniversary of The Transformers, the movie. Got other great guests coming up in the next few weeks as well that you won't want to miss. And if you want to listen to all of my past shows, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or wherever the heck else you listen to your podcasts. And you can check out the full show archive out on SoundCloud. Five years and over 300 episodes worth of shows there. Become a Mike Cybertronian and join the MSRP friends and fans Facebook group and tune in for the Mike Seibert radio podcast live stream on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook live like share rate and review the show. Let us know what you'd like and what you'd like to hear more of in the future for my guests, Greg and Yoshi transformers reanimated. My name is Mike. This has been Mike Seibert radio and until next time, tell all or one make good choices. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeSeibertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out bydoormusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert radio production. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, one last thing. So, Greg, are you going to buy this? The the Transformers the Movie box set? Uh, I don't have a, what do you call it? Um, Oh, Oh, the 4K. Oh, that's yeah, right. That's right. But I might, I might just to have it. To be honest, like, I mean, um, it's it's a gorgeous box. It really. I mean, is. sure, I eventually will get 4K, you know, because right. everything will eventually go that way. But like, yeah, I might, I might get it just to to have it, just to be like, yeah, I got that. So I don't know if I was if I was Livio Ramondelli if I'd be upset by this or not. Well, I mean. I mean, he can't be. He publicly can't be. But I wonder. I just. I mean, you get that opportunity, and now your art is the face of the cover for what? Maybe three years, and then they then they do this, did this. Well, I think I think yeah. it was a full five. That's I think I think nature of every yeah. re-release, though, really. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I mean, because like nobody, nobody's taking away my steel book. You know, nobody's uh, true. Nobody's taking away my poster or whatever, but. Yeah, I, I, uh, me, me personally, I kind of like the idea of having a having different art, so that that gives me an incentive to buy it. Like, I mean, 
I love Livio's cover, and again, it's it's a great opportunity. But if it had that same art, I don't think I'd be as excited about it. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think what I'm alluding to is that it seems pretty quick between releases. More than more than I'm upset about the art. Like, oh yeah, thirty yeah. fifth anniversary guess, and thirtieth anniversary. Yeah, it just seems like it, it. He didn't get to enjoy that as much as say the original cover got to enjoy. I it. I see what you're saying. I see. Yeah. Where whereas like the the Don Figueroa version for the for the twentieth anniversary. Well, that got to be around for ten years. I, yeah. I I totally see what you're saying now. Yeah, I, I wasn't quite picking up on that. Uh, you're absolutely right. And you know, so like my wife of all people, like you know, it's like I've been I've been going bonkers with like Transformers the movie stuff recently. I've been buying the 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 Studio Series figures, and you know, I've I've you know I've got the 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 4K coming from Shout Factory. Uh, you know, so it's like you know, it's all just like Transformers the movie mania, and she and and her attitude is very similar to yours Yoshi and that she's like yeah so so there's always going to be an anniversary of some kind you know uh, yeah. it's like so does this mean that we do this all again in five years I, I kind of shrugged I'm like unfortunately probably um, when it's a different format though I think it to me I don't mind it if it's a different format because yeah. the 20th anniversary was a DVD Mm-hmm. The 30th anniversary is a Blu-ray. Now the 35th is a 4K. So at least it's a different form. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. just like, oh, we just released it on DVD again. It's like, oh, yeah. You know, like, the, you know, like it's as as it as the the versions or the technology like improves or whatever, they re-release it and mm-hmm. you know there's we need a new cover well we might as well release it we might as well get a new cover so that people buy it as opposed to the same cover because it's like oh, i already got that yeah but, yeah yeah i don't know it is, it is i guess a bit tough but you know this is our hobby like uh um, yeah nostalgia nostalgia has cost me a pretty penny mike like tell your wife you're not the only one <laughs> it's true it's true oh, i i will definitely pass that along but yeah she she sees my my growing uh studio series 86 shrine and mm-hmm. i i'm i'm like dude i got <laughs> i got three more of them on the way <laughs> and dude, i'm telling you right now get into art you can spend three times as much money and it'll take up less space <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh, you you you're not wrong. Um, uh, no, I will. If your wife is here, I will take a photo. I'm sitting right now. I will take a photo, Mike, and send mm. it to you of my Ninja Turtles cabinet. And your wife will never complain about your Transformers ever again. Because <laughs> you'd be like, at least I don't have as many as Greg's got of his Ninja Turtles. Yeah, of his, of, like, of his Ninja Turtles. That is correct. Get those three more, Mike, honey. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think that's how that works. But the but the 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 uh, the the sentiment is welcomed. <laughs> You'd say, "Well, look, I could collect Transformers. Uh, I could collect Ninja Turtles, like Greg." And she'll be like, <gasps> <laughs> "She'd be like, where are they gonna go? So I'll many cabinet, like Greg." Yeah. Well, and it's funny because like I I do have stuff that's not Transformers. Like I I got a bunch of Snake Eyes, I got a bunch of Boba Fett, and so yeah. So it's like there there's or or ask or ask Aaron to send you send 
photos of his Transformers oh collection. Because holy fuck. Well, and he puts my shit to shame. Like, well, it's and just, his, it's Transformers and, and not well, Ninja And not only that, but it, it, it's third party stuff. I mean, so it's like he's mm. he's blowing hundreds of buck dollars per figure. Mm. It's like you know they they just put out that that not fans toys Soundwave up for pre order. That thing costs two hundred and fifty dollars US. And it's like mm. I like Soundwave, but and and it and it is a handsome figure. It really is. But. I ain't spending two hundred and fifty dollars for for a robot that transforms into a rectangle. I just I I, I can't. It's just <laughs> my my mind doesn't just doesn't quite work that way. Like you know, I I passed on Haslab Unicron one because like I mean, really, it was more the size than the price. But even the price was like I'm like, dude, that that's a six hundred dollar. Uh, purchase. I I just I, I yeah yeah. It's like <laughs> and and it's cool. Don't get me wrong. And like you know, if I got a chance to look at one in person, I I would drool over it and covet it and all of that. But I know within myself that I I I just wouldn't get the use out of it. And mm. you know, not you know, being able to store it and display it, and do I transform it? Do I not transform it? Do I take it out of the box? It's like that—that's—that's that's more stress than than I'm equipped to deal with. Did I always say? I don't know if I've ever said it on a show or not. I might have on your panel when we did the movie, but yeah. like, I, as a kid, I always thought that there was more connection between Unicron and the Matrix because if you look at Unicron in Planet Mode, it kind of looks like the Matrix, kind of, yeah, sort what? of. Same, like same. he's that orange orange ball with the glowing middle and the ring around the outside. Yep, yep. I was like, is he meant to be like a matrix? Is that why he's afraid of it? Like it's, you know, it's like, no, there's nothing to do with it at all. Oh. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I mean, it, it it is coincidentally the same shade of orange. It's very weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? He does like, they don't, they're not dissimilar. You know, it's not like he doesn't look anything like the Matrix. What are you talking about? It's like, well, he kind of does. He kind of does. But, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's a pass. I mean, for sure. For a, you know, seven-year-old kid, especially. You know, right, like, yeah. right, right. Because, yeah, I just, I, I happen to be looking at this uh, uh, Zavi box set. And, yeah, so there there's a, a booklet that shows the open Matrix right next to, like, a art card of Unicron in planet mode. And, and (laughs) I would be lying if I didn't say that they, they don't look uh, a little similar. Yeah. Like even, like you said, even just the colors, you know, it's, it's, why is the, the, why is the matrix not red or, you know, it's, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Well, they don't look the, the same, but like, yeah, it's it's the it's the circle, and then they've got the ring on the outside, kind of thing. Yeah, makes, yeah, I think it was why I was like, yeah, they sort of look the same. So, <laughs> Too funny. Yeah. I mean, you could hold them both if you were big enough. You could hold them both the same way, like, <laughs> like you know. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. All right then. It's well. All- it's all Primacron, that's what it is. There there it is. It's the, the little mischievous <laughs> monkey. The little monkey. That's little monkey. <laughs> hey Mike. Yeah. Happy Friday. It is a happy Friday. 
It's, you know, shit. Get your ass to bed, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Care, get your ass to bed. No, you get, <laughs> get your, your ass, ass to bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I'm going to hang up now. We'll uh, we'll chat again in All the future. Right. All right. Later. All right. Later. See ya.